my dear friends, this is Pastor John Shipman, and I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. I do want to invite you to follow us on YouTube as well. Our website is at www.kingswaycf.com. I will repeat that to you www.kingsway is one word cf.com you will find here the video versions for these sermons that is on audio may the lord bless you and enjoy our bible study and sermons god bless hi everyone and welcome i don't know whether it's morning afternoon or evening when you're watching this video what I want to do is start a Bible study, a virtual Bible study, online Bible study, similar to what we've been doing now with our church services. The Sunday service will continue and we will keep on studying the book of Mark and continue to see and follow Jesus. This Bible study uh, is for Wednesdays. I want to bring it out on Wednesdays and publish it for you. And the aim is to start off with a discipleship course and eventually then study topics um, to learn more about the Word of God. Now also what I want to do is you will find on the bottom of the video my email address and I want to implore you to send me questions. Questions, it might be questions from the Bible study that you want more clarity on or it could be any other questions that you wanted to get more biblical knowledge on. Now, I'm not by far saying I've got all the answers, but I'll certainly seek the answers for you. There are difficult questions in the Bible, I understand. So what I will do, every Bible study, we will have our discipleship study, and I will then answer one or two of these questions. Sometimes, if these questions has got a lot of explanation, it might take over that Bible study for the week. So... Why don't you pause the video right now, get a cup of coffee, sit back and relax. I would also say get a pen, get a paper, uh, so that you can make some notes. You will find the scriptures on the screen as I've done in the church service as well. So you can pause the video now and go make yourself comfortable before we start. So just before we start, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be able to bring your word to everybody who listens to it. My prayer today is that you will open up their hearts so that they may receive the word. Receive it gladly, Father, and that it will bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, Amen. Before we start with a lot of studies, I thought that I, I want to start today talking to you about salvation. We are living in interesting times, unprecedented times, and salvation now is more important than anything else. Before we go into the discipleship study, it is important for you to understand and know that you are saved, that if anything should happen to you, either today or tomorrow or next week, that you know for certain that you have eternal life. And that you're solely saved. That you will have the peace of God that will surpass all understanding. So the first study today I want to 
spend time on this. And I'm going to give you a lot of scripture verses. Uh, it's good to have scripture verses because then it's not my ideas or what I think or this is what the word of God says. I love, I love the word. I love my Bible. I use it as the sword of God. It is wonderful. So as much as I can give you the word of God, then I know the power of the word and it will impact your your life. All you need to do is to have, like I prayed, a receiving heart to receive the word of God. So before we start with the study, make sure, my friend, to tonight, today, if the Holy Spirit speak to you, to react on it, to call upon God. Now is the time to call upon God and to receive Him into your life. So the one, the first thing that you need to understand is that God loves you and He wants you to be saved and He wants you to have eternal life. This is a critical understanding for you to receive today. And let's start with a scripture verse to explain that. In John chapter 3 verse 16, it's a well-known scripture verse. You find it in a lot of Christmas cards. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. He gave His only begotten Son. Why? Because He loved the world so much that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next verse says, those who do not receive him will not have this life. This is important. Do you know what this life means? And do you have that life? God loved you so much that he sent his son to come and die on a cross for you and for me. So he loves the world. But it is a love that cost a price. It was an expensive price that he paid for the sacrifice. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, Paul writes to this young pastor the following words. He says to him, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. For this is good and acceptable. So your question should be, What is good and what is acceptable for God? That's the main question. Have you answered that? Have you got the answer for that? Uh, Paul answers this for Timothy. He says, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. So what is good and acceptable for God? That all men, it is desire, that all, and that includes you today. His desire for you is that you should be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. What is that truth? Well, I've preached a sermon. It's on, on the web and you can go and follow it and listen to the whole sermon around that. But needless to say, God wants you to be saved. It's good and acceptable for him that you be saved. Now, I love the book of Romans. And I love chapter 5. And I implore you to go and read. Maybe if you even want to pause the video right now and just read chapter 5, Romans chapter 5. But listen to this verse in verse 8. He says, 
but God commendeth. There's another word. He demonstrated. Commendeth. That's the King James Version Bible. He, he demonstrated his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So in the first part, you've got this, that God loves you. He sent his son. Why did he send his son? Because he loves you. He did it for you that he sent his son to come and die. He demonstrated to the whole world by by allowing him to hang on a cross. How wonderful is it that this love of the Father that he bestowed upon us. So the first thing that you need to, to understand and meditate on and, and pray to God, you know, pray these scriptures back to God. I do it often. I, I take a scripture and I say, Lord, you, you've written it right here. And it's for me. And I thank you, Lord, that it's for me. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will grab hold of your heart right now and, uh, and make these scriptures real to you. So that's the first thing God loves us. But the second thing that you need to understand in salvation is that you are a sinner. I know a lot of people grapple with this. They don't understand this. But the Bible is so clear about it. You are a sinner. You were born in a sinful nature. If you can't grasp this, then you're only going to sit and think about the love of God, but not how lost you are. The problem is for a sinful man to approach a holy God. And the Bible is so clear about it. I, I think about uh, Romans chapter 3 verse 23. It says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That word all there means everybody. It means you, it means me, it means your mother, your father, your children, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That is a terrible scripture. And when it became real to me in my life, it burdened me so much that I couldn't escape from that. That here I was thinking I'm such a bright guy, but the Bible says I fall short of the glory of God. Um, but here is a telling scripture now for you out of the Old Testament. And, and please write this down in Isaiah chapter 59. Isaiah write this to the nation. And he writes it to you and me tonight or today. He says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that he cannot save. So that says that God is willing. His hand is not shortened that he cannot save. Neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. So God is ready to hear your prayer. He's ready to save you. There's no problem on God's side. The problem is on your side. It's on my side. It's on the sinner's side. So God's willing. We've heard what is good and acceptable in the sight of God. But now he says his hands not shortened that he cannot save, neither his ear that he cannot hear. But your iniquities, now iniquities is our sin, the things we do that break the law of God. What does our sin do? God's willing, but your iniquities, the Bible says now, have separated between you and your God, and your sins has hid his face from you that he will not hear. 
how many times have you prayed and it feels if you pray and there's no answer well maybe do introspection and say come holy spirit and search my heart and see what sins i'm doing because that separates me from god that he he will not he turned his face listen the word says that he's turned his face from you that is terrible he's turned his face from you i know how i feel when when there's somebody a, a human being that i walk up to and i want fellowship or interaction and they turn away from me i know how i feel god the bible says because of sin and iniquities is turning his face that he cannot hear that he will not hear let me correct myself he will not hear why because of your sin and your iniquities and then he says in verse 3 for your hands are defiled with blood it's defiled we talk about the coronavirus and constantly washing your hands to wash what off the virus off that's what we want to do you know hygiene I think today I've washed my hands nearly 10 times. I don't want to catch it. You don't want to catch it. Why are you washing your hands so much? To get a virus off? But here God says that your hands is full of blood. What blood? Sinful blood. So we need the washing of the Lord. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your fingers is the things that do that. Your lips have spoken lies and your tongue hath muttered perverseness. This is a serious accusation. See, God's love. He loved the world so much. It's his good and, and willing in his sight that men be saved. But the problem is man. The problem is man. And it's because of the sin that separates us from him. Now this sinful nature is a dead nature. It's dead. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. He says, and, and you he have quickened. It means he's made you alive. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm in the King James Version. But he says that he you have made, he's made you alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. Trespasses, harmatia and sins. We've crossed the line we shouldn't do. We're trespassing and we miss the mark. The mark is the Ten Commandments. It's the law of God. We cannot uphold the law of God. So we are dead. It means that if you are not saved by God's Spirit, that you are a walking corpse. You are you're alive. People see you and you're smiling, you're happy, and you do all of those things. But inside you're dead. You haven't got that spirit that's alive. And that's a terrible situation. And unfortunately, there are so many people who's in that position. But then there's also consequences for sin. You need to understand this. In Romans chapter 6 verse 23, he says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hallelujah and Amen. But first of all, the wages of sin is death. I'm working for a company and I'm working for wages. I give my time to get a bag of wages. Now this scripture verse is, we give our bodies to sin and the wages that's coming back to us is death it is spiritual dead i've told you we 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 dead already we, you know we were born in that state but he talks about another death here and i'm going to talk about that i don't hear a lot of people 
quoting these verses, but I'm going to quote them to you. And again, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will touch your heart. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, the word says that, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Now, in our Bible studies, we're going to talk about the resurrections. We're going to come there. But for tonight, I will just say that uh, you want to be part of the first resurrection. That's when Christ comes back to receive his children and, the, and, and those who are in Christ will be resurrected. We'll come to that passage. He said, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such, listen now, on those of the first resurrection, now the Bible comes out with this thing. He says, on such the second death hath no power. The second death. The second death. First death is this physical body. If I die tonight, that's the first death. But there's a second death that you need to know about. And the scripture is clear about this here. He says in, in Revelation 26, he says, if you are part of the first resurrection on the second death, has no power over you on the second one. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. And again, we can have a study on that. But listen to this verse as well in, Re in Revelation 20, verse 14. He says, now the question is, the second death, what happens with the second death? Explain it to me, preacher. Let me do. Let me do. But hold on to your chair because it might rock your world if you haven't been saved. If you haven't come to Jesus Christ and the second death has got power over you, this might rock your world. And I hope it does. I hope it does so that you can grab onto Jesus and cry out for him because I don't want you to have the second death. And none does God want you to have it. But listen, Revelation 20 verse 14, he says, And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. My brother Glenn, who's in our church, loves this word, lake of fire. But he doesn't love it because of that. He, he loves it because he warns people not to go there. It's meant for, for Satan and not for everybody. And it says here, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Separation from God. Separate. I can't be more serious about this. I can't be. I know I spend more time on, on this side of it than the love of God. But this is a serious issue. And here is one last thing about this, about realizing that you're a sinner. You can't save yourself. You can't. I can't save you. No man can save you. It's only Christ that can save you. Our best works. Our best works. Isaiah 64 verse 4 said, But we are all as unclean things, and all our righteousness, this means our best works, our best works are as filthy rags. Filthy rags. And we all do uh, fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Now, that word filthy rags, it's a, it's a really, really dirty word. Um, I'm going to leave it over to you to go and find the meaning of that. It's not just clothing rags. It goes a little bit further. It's not nice. Our best works. I don't want to hold up my best works for God and say, this is it. So he's going to look at it and he goes, what looks like to you like a golden garment 
like a beautiful picture is for me filthy rags. I, I'm not going to take that chance. Bible says our, our righteousness is like filthy rags. Our lifestyle, what is acceptable to us is not acceptable to God. It is filthy. It's dirty. That's a worrying sight if you're not saved. But there's good news. Oh, they would say, but God loves us. What are you on about, preacher? I know God loves us. He sent His Son. But I also want you to realize that you're a sinner. And this is important. People don't want to hear that. Why? Because if we, if we accept we're a sinner, then we need a Savior. Oh, and it's so against this world. Oh, no, look at me. I'm good, man. I'm good at myself. Why do I need a Savior? I can save myself. No, no. If you understand that you're a sinner, lost, then you need a Savior. And have I got great news for you? Have I got fantastic news for you? Have I got the best news I can give you ever? And here it is. John 14, verse 6. If you've got your Bible underlined, in fact, learn it off by heart. Because it's a wonderful verse. One of my highlight verses in the Bible. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Three things. The way, people are wayward today. They're lost. The truth, people are living in lies. The life, people think they're alive, but they're not. Jesus says, I am all of that. All of that. This is wonderful. But he doesn't stop there. He says that no man cometh to the Father except through me. He is the door. I'm the door. No one can come through except through the door. He's the light. He's the great I am. He's your answer. If you're a sinner and you need a savior, he's the savior. I'm, I'm presenting you tonight, Christ. Jesus Christ, our Savior. Now, only Jesus can forgive and save you your sins. Nobody else can. You, can. you can't pay a man on this earth. Man, I came out of a religion where the priests say your sins are forgiven. That's nonsense. Only Jesus Christ can forgive you your sins and save your life. Only He can. And it comes by believing in Him. But not only believing, but also confessing our sins. I just told you that we are sinners. Now, if you're a sinner, there needs to be a confession. There needs to be an acceptance, first of all. You need to accept that I'm a sinner. And once you're going to accept that, then you're going to realize, and you get, I'm lost. Then you're going to look for a Savior. And once you come to the Savior, then you're going to confess to that Savior. Because you want Him to save you now. What you're going to confess to Him is, all my life I thought I was so smart, but I'm not. And then you confess your sin to him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. Listen carefully what it says. He says, but if we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. He cleanses us from all sin. How does he cleanse us from all sin? Listen carefully now. He says, in uh, verse 8, he says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. One of the one of the worst things is if people deceive themselves because they think I'm right and I'm the truth, but they're not. I found in my life the word opens that up to you. So, so he says it here. He says that if we say if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. But listen to this now. If we confess our sins to whom? To Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. We confess our sins. We say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I repent. We confess to Him. What will happen? He's faithful. Oh, the faithfulness of God. The let, let me just say that there's no man on this planet who's as faithful as God. There's no company on this planet that is as faithful as God. He's faithful and just. There's no one on this planet as just as Jesus. Two things that you want to hold on to, faithfulness and just. You want the justice to be just, not corrupt. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How wonderful is it? And I pray God that He will touch your heart with those words. From the Word. From the Word. Now, two things happen now. We we know that God loves us. We know that we're a sinner. We know that we need a Savior. And Jesus is that Savior. And the final thing I'm going to end on tonight is, you must receive Him. You must. Look. People say, I believe in Jesus. Hey, James. James says the demons, even the demons believe in him and they shudder. They, they, they fearful. They believe in him. If you walk down the street, some people will say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. I speak to, speak to, to, to the, um, the Hindus and they go, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He's just one of the gods that we believe in. That's not the kind of belief. No, no. You need to receive Jesus. We believe in Him, confess our sin, and we confess Jesus. In fact, I just came across in my mind, I mean, this is a scripture verse that came up in my mind, and uh, I want to read it up to you, okay? So, um, Romans chapter, um, uh, chapter 10, verse 9, listen to this, he says, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, there's our word righteousness again, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Unto salvation. God is so wonderful, isn't He? But you must receive Him as well. You see, people have got hardened hearts. And we need to have a humble heart. Look at this verse here. John chapter 1 verse 12. He says, He came to His own in verse 11. He came to His own and His own did not receive Him. But as many as received Him, as many as received Him, to them He gave the power to become the sons of God. John chapter 1 verse 12 even to them that believe on His name. You believe and you receive. People believe, but they never receive. They've got hardened hearts. You believe and you receive. Uh, he says, but even to those believe on which were born, 
you know, here comes born again. We can have a study about that. John chapter 3, Nicodemus. You must be born again. You must have a change of your mind of, your, of the sin that you do. You're a sinner. Lord, I don't like my mind's changed now. He says, not born of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And he takes humility, listen to me, to come to this point. Humility of breaking, I'm looking for a word, is just to submit to Christ. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 15, he says, while it is said, today, this is Moses talking to the people in the wilderness, he says, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart, as in a provocation. That's the big problem, hardening of hearts. The Holy Spirit might be speaking to you right now, but soon your thoughts might start taking over and they might say, what is the people going to think? Some might smile at you and laugh at you and all of these things. You reject him. You believe in him, oh, wonderful, but you never received. So what is my friends going to, what's my family going to think about this? You know, if I start confessing that I'm, I've received, I'm born again, I'm, I'm, uh, the Lord saved me. What are they going to say? You know, you turn him away. A little bit more, your heart becomes harder. Then it's going to take a miracle for him. Maybe something happened in your life to come back to that point. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit spoke to you today. I want to continue and, and next week I'm going to start with uh, a journey into discipleship and we're going to look at wonderful ways how you can grow as a child of God. I've got 26, 28, 29 weeks of material that I can discuss with you. But critically important is that you don't miss this first one. All of the studies, you can tune in every single time. It could mean nothing if you're not saved. This is maybe the most critical message that you will ever hear in your life. And my prayer is that you would accept him, receive him. Now, I want to pray with you a prayer. I preach so much out against prayers, a five-minute prayer. This prayer is not going to save you. This is want to be clear about you. But it will bring you closer. It will draw your heart and your mind close to Christ. It is not a born-again prayer. All I'm going to pray is, Lord, help me. And I want you to pray that prayer with me. But that's only the beginning. It's only the start. I cannot, after this prayer, tell you whether you are saved or not. But what it will do is, if you prayed with your whole heart, I believe in the Holy Spirit will come and He will minister to you. And He will take you on this wonderful journey. And maybe, maybe, it will take a while before you understand the full impact, like in my life, of the sin that you, sinner that you, that you are and was. But I do want to pray this prayer. And if you want to email me and you know ask me questions about this message or just share with me what the Holy Spirit or just share with me you know how what happens in your life after this. I want to be here for you and walk this with you. So pray with me if you want to. Even if Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and Father, I thank you for your tender mercies. Father, I thank you for your mercy and your grace. I come to you as a sinner. And Father, I repent of my sin. I want to lay down at the foot of the cross. I acknowledge and I, Jesus Christ, as my Lord and my Savior. Father, I want to confess with my sin that I believe that he was raised from the dead. 
and also that he can take my sin away. So I do want to repent of my sin, the things that I've done, which I shouldn't have done, the boundaries that I've crossed that I shouldn't have crossed. I'm missing the mark. I pray now, Holy Spirit, come and minister to me. Open up the word to me. Be with me. Be my teacher. Guide and guard me. Protect me. But please save my soul. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, my dear friends, brothers and sisters, this is a start. I'm excited. Next week, we're going to go right into it, into a journey of discipleship. I'm so excited to get into that and start. Every Wednesday, I will release these videos. Um, but again, right now, you will see my email address coming up send those questions in be safe look out for each other until we until we see each other in this way or maybe in physical time the lord is in control praise him amen